Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up to the point, listeners? I have zero doubt that we're going to cut to the bullshit and get to the point today because our guest... Oh, baby. Hell yeah. It's, it's going to be fire. I know it. I'm excited. Um, man, I know he probably would have wished, wanted this to be live, but, man, the risk was just too great. That's too how you know it's going to be a great <laughs> podcast. So, everybody, I'm your host, Cristiano, of Two The Point Home Services Podcast with my man, my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, brother? Man, the energy today is off the charts. Just to give listeners a little behind the scenes, on the mic check, we asked our guest today to count to 10, and he only... He refused to do anything but count by millions, one million, two million, three million. So I'll tell you what, man, today is going to be next level off the charts. I'm pumped. Yeah. So listen, um, we're at, we typically record all of our podcasts on a Wednesday. It's podcast production day, but because our guest is a little bit of a prima donna, and uh, we wanted him down. on here that bad. we wanted him on here that yeah, a little bit of a triple OG. <laughs> and to share his story, we shifted it to a uh, a Thursday to uh, to you know accommodate him, but. Um, super excited to have him on too. Um, I've become friends with him and I love his story. I love his passion, uh, for the trades and like his mentality is, is really, uh, next gen, uh, which is the name of the company and the owner of next gen, Mr. Ishmael Valdez. Ish, what's up, my man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Today is going to be triple OG rated. Thanks to Mr. Jim Batson for tossing that out there. Uh, I thought that was a perfect rating <laughs> for today's podcast. So, uh, listen, I don't want to waste a second. We're going to do a few things on this podcast a little differently than normal. Um, a lot of times, Paul and I will talk about some different things to have some different banter. But you have some questions that were submitted on uh, your Facebook uh, your Facebook group page, Service Avengers, that I want to make sure we get. Yep. We have plenty of time to get to. Um, and because I listened to you on the Service Titan webinar, I know that you blew through that hour super fast. So I want to I want to get I right know. to it, dude. I, I I talked to Jackie for like literally an hour and. I, I thought it was like I thought it was like 15 minutes. We went through it quick, so it was pretty cool. So let's. And that was your first official like webinar slash broadcast, yeah. right? So this is number two. This is number two, and Chris, you should have been number one. Actually, I promised you like a couple of times, but I just did from from getting all these shops set up and 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 trying to get all the operation uh, nailed down. I I had to reschedule a couple of times. Dude, listen. Well, you're you're legendary on our books because it, you're the first person to ghost us. Yeah, you were the first Chris. person to ghost us, man. <laughs> My bad. That's Won't all, happen again. Forgiven. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but if you ain't first, you last. So now I'm last. Uh, anyhow, so let's get right into it. So, um, Ishway, uh, welcome to The Point. Glad to finally get you on here. Um, I'm excited, man, for this podcast. I'm excited for everybody to kind of hear what you've accomplished because, um, you know, perception always isn't reality. Like, you hit bumps in the road just like everybody else on your path to 35 mil, which I know is going to be 100 mil. That's what you're saying. That's his, that's his, He's looking for that 100 milli number to get to. So I'm excited to talk uh, through some of these details. But let's do this first. Why don't you go ahead and let's let uh, all of our listeners know um, kind of a little bit of how you got into the trades and then where you're at today and kind of what your, uh, like what your, uh, agenda is, you know, on your path to hundred men. Like what, what is going, what is Ishmael's big goal? So, um, I'll give you my elevator pitch on who, who I am. I'm not, I'm not going to bore you guys. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to play the soft story on it because everybody's <laughs> been through shit. I'm a, to be honest with you, I'm a hustler, right? I want to get to a hundred mil the fastest, most healthiest way possible. That's my overall goal. 
but um, I'm, like I said, uh, and, and sorry to repeat myself if I do, but my goal is to see the $100 million process from zero to 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 um, to 100, right? And you're, um, you're going to be what this I, year? I started, this year we're going to probably end up between 36, 38 million, Go depending on how winter treats me. And you're when, when did you um, start? Um, five years in? Four, five years in? Four years Four in? and a half years ago. We're going, This is our fifth year in business. Awesome. So this is our fifth year in business. It's insane, man. I'm telling you. Um, but dude, no credit to me. It's all been my team. Um, this is the best year we've had in, 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 since we started, um, both profit wise and operations wise and, um, and structure wise, the structure is, 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 is superb now. So, um, I started heating and air conditioning. I was what, 17 years old when I started. Um, I, I was a, I was a counter guy. What, what, what contractors call it counter guy. I was literally selling equipment and material to all these contractors. Um, every day they would go, every day they would go in there and pick up equipment material to the, to the shop. It was called Howard industry. And, um, the owner of the company taught me a lot. His name was, um, Jeff winter. I worked for him for about nine years and never, never in my life did I want to leave. The dude treated me amazing. Like the dude was paying me a shit ton of money. And I was like, you know, 23, 24, 25 years old. Uh, so I never intended to leave. I never intended to, I thought that was going to be like my forever, forever home. You know, yeah. after nine years of working for somebody that's, you know, that's pretty loyal. So, you know? he, so he was so like, you were on the counter for nine years. Yeah, man. Selling. I would go out there and talk to contractors. I would go out there and, uh, and train them. Right. I would, if new product came about, whether it was American standard or, or, or regular parts or whatever, I would go to their shops and, and talk to them. But, um, yeah, nine years. I mean, I was, I was behind a counter. So when did you make the move or how did you make the move from counter to starting your own company? Um, 2015, I think it was, um, there was this guy and, and again, he's a, and I'm going to bring out names because dude, that's who I am. I'm not, I'm not going to hide anything. His name's Ken Starr. Probably the best thing and the worst thing that ever happened to me all at the same time. <laughs> I'm listening. Right. The dude was like probably one of the hungriest dudes I've ever met in my life. Um, he had a chip on his shoulder too. Um, he had been in contracting for his dad and for other companies, all the major players here in SoCal, he, he worked for, um, the ARS is the, 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 the service champs, just everybody in the industry here, he had worked for them. And, um, and he, and he started his own company, like, you know, 2014 or yeah, 13 or 14 around there. And he was struggling, right. He was struggling and, and he would always go to Howard industry and, and just shoot the shit with me and, and talk shit or whatever. And he kept re- trying to recruit me like over and over and over. And I just kept saying like, no, man, like, dude, like this dude is treating me good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making a ton of money. I'm, you know, I'm happy. Uh, I don't have any stress. It's just, it's chill, you know, but I've always had, I, I, I did always have that, man. What, what would happen if I go out there, you know, cause dude, during this nine year period, I shit you not like the nine year period that I was at Howard industry, dude, I probably had, I shit you not over a thousand different freaking um, people trying to recruit me. Literally oh every single day was like, Hey, come work for me. Hey, dude, you, you could do this. Hey, imagine if we could do this. And, um, I kept saying, no, 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 no. Until, you know, Ken, Ken started his own company and I, he kind of sold me on a dream and it was cool, man. Like, you know, we, we hustled for, for four years. We grew that company on um, home comfort USA. We got it up to, I think like 21 mil, like in five years or four years. Nice. So it was pretty cool. Hey, so what was your first role in that Paul, company? Oh, that's the third time you've talked over me in this podcast. The third you know time. I'm, I'm you know excited. What? 
You know what? Hey, Paul, Paul's excited, hey, homie. Listen. He finally has somebody that's going to spit fire. I'll tell you that's what. That's what I'm talking I'll about. I'll tell you what. Now there's the fourth time. So, you know what, Paul? I'm feeling, listen, I'm feeling a little frustrated with our little uh, partnership here, our little coast. I think I got to, I think I got to uh, pull a card. I got to, I got to reach in my back pocket, see if I have an alternate solution. Uh, I'd like to introduce my new co host, uh, Mr. Travis Ringy from ProScale. Hey, welcome to the show, buddy. For real? You just literally. Oh, Dude, tell him who just stepped in the mic right now. That guy's a fucking legend right there. Well, so listen, we brought Travis in, one, because I know you guys are friends, and uh, we didn't tell Paul just for fun. So it actually worked out good that you talked over me because it gave me a good reason to have to pull him in. <laughs> Don't worry, man. Much love, man. Much love. So listen, um, yeah, Travis Rankin from ProScale out here in uh, Anthem. Uh, sir, uh, Titan of the Year. I've uh, been on the podcast before. Um, I thought this would be great to have him on as a co-host. Or a co-host is another co-host, which is the first time we've done this. So, um, Travis is going to have some questions he's going to ask, too. Um, you know, all of us, we're going to fire away. So, listen, this is no different. It's just now there's three of us hosting this thing. So, let's get into it. Hey, bro, you just took, you just took this podcast to a different level. For <laughs> people that don't know who Travis is, I get the pleasure of talking to this dude every day, texting back and forth on, on, on operations, and we shoot, you know, different ideas back and forth. This dude makes me look like a fucking preschooler, homie. <laughs> this guy's in Harvard University. This guy's a fucking trip. This hey, is a quad OG. Bro, you told him ahead of time you were coming on and paid him on this. What'd you do? What'd you do? What's the deal? We're trying to get to 100 million. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get, let's get into this thing, man. Okay, so one, real quick, too, for our listeners. Um, I think this is a pretty cool story I've heard you talk about, and you've told me this before, but what's the uh, what's the meaning behind the, the name Next Gen? Like, I, just give me the quick, like, the reason you came up with that name. It's pretty straightforward, but what is it? So, so why we, so we were called next gen bro. Like when, when we were like, you know, I think I was like 25, 26 years old and I was hustling. Like I was working at Howard industry. Right. Yeah. And um, it was like, I, I, I got like five or six installers that were like buddies of mine, like from high school. And we bumped, we bumped heads and uh, we bumped uh, roads in uh, at Howard industry during the time. And, um, and um, it was like five or six of us, bro. And it was like 25, 24 year old punks just hustling, right? I was doing like cousins' house, my aunt's house. They had a bunch of friends. We were on social media, like trying to like do jobs, right? On the side, like tr trying to um, start our own company. And we were just doing it and mess around. And in Spanish, next gen is la nueva generación, right? And and we kept calling ourselves, oh, we're going to be the next generation of contracting. We're going to be the next gen generation, right? And then after a while, like um, obviously when we were, when I went with uh, Ken Starr and we started a company and all that, the, the name next generation just kind of it was too long right so i kind of just abbreviated and i and 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 i cut it down to to next year i wanted it to mean nothing but to mean something to you you know what i'm saying yeah, that's cool and it's the uh red white and blue i love it um, yes sir so real quick too and then listen um travis feel free to just fire away man i know you had some questions too so just kind of you know interrupt kind of like paul does um and uh, <laughs> I love it, but, you know i do want to say something real quick um I know you're very active in the Facebook groups and stuff like that, too, and you're super passionate. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I respect the passion. Um, I respect the hustle and the grind. Um, but I also know that, you, you, know, um, you know, inside there is a, is a heart, too. You had the uh, Project X. Project X. Uh, talk, tell everybody about what you've done because you've had some really good success early and quick, and you're just scratching the surface, as we've talked about. But, like, let them know, like, about the Project X side of Ish. So, um Project X came about, dude. I'll tell you a quick story how I even came up with the name. I was in Palm Desert. I was I was starting the new branch in Palm Desert. It was like a year into the business. Um, um, 
I wanted to open up a, a different location because uh, a buddy of mine named Sean worked over there and uh, uh, lived over there in, in Palm Desert. Yep. And um, and I'm passing by and we're, we just had lunch and we're passing by in in a, in a hill like a huge like just hill. There's a there's a sign that says Project X, and and we're just passing by right. And I'm, I I tell Sean, hey Sean, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. So I googled it. Right. And it's like a charity event that they do like in Palm Desert, like some kind of uh, like it, it's good deeds kind of thing. Right. Yep. So um, when I was passing by, I was like, you know what, bro, we need to do something. We, we need to do something for the community. Right. Because God keeps blessing us. You know, we we exploded our first year. We 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 had a big plans of doing, you know, our second year was supposed to be 25 male. But, you know, we fell short a little bit short of it. Yep. And um, and that's where the idea came about. I was like, dude. I can't just be like, you know, hustling out there, making a ton of money and, and, and not giving back to the community and giving back to the, to the military. Right. So dude, I've, I, from high school, um, and, uh, and, and now like I've had tons of friends that, that, that been in, uh, in, in the war that been, uh, that been in the military for, for ever in a day. And one of my best friends was, was in the military and we actually did a project X for him. Um, he was like four years in Afghanistan and when it hit me is because we were chilling one day in uh, in his house and we were like barbecue order and he came out and he showed me like a box of Jordans, right? Like a regular box of Jordan. Inside of that box of Jordans, honey, was I shit you not, probably like 25, 30 different containers of pills that they wanted the doctors wanted him to take because he was like, you know, waking up in the middle of the day, of the of the night, like thinking he was at war or something, or PTSD. he was having he was having a ton of nightmares and all that. Um, and that shit, when that dude, when that happened and he told me that story, everything clicked. I was like, you know what, I'm going to call this project X and I'm going to do it for myself. It was my marketing company at the time that kept telling me like, Hey, I hear that you're donating a system today. I was like, yeah, there's like our fifth, sixth system this year. And they're like, well, how come you don't tell people about it? I'm like, cause I don't want people to think that I'm trying to, you know, market so I could gain. I was like, dude, just keep it on the low. I want to do it for myself. And they're like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta tell everybody, you gotta film it. And that's when it just came and trickled into effect. Yeah, good for you, dude. Um, how convenient. It's called X. So if you guys don't know Mexico's yeah. logo, it's got a big X in it. Ish, um, I appreciate that. I, I think giving, you know, privately is, is, is a great quality as well. But uh, I got to ask, I got to flip the script because you ask me this all the time. Oh, so yeah. five years ago, looking back, did you ever imagine you would be where you are today? No, man. No, man, I, I had gotten betrayed at the time, back to that home comfort story. Um, me and Ken bump heads like around, you know, it was like after summer or whatever. I think his, I think the financials weren't all there in the company because I wasn't involved in that part of the company. I was the operation guy, right? Like he, he had a sales team and, and after it sold, then I would, it would fall on my lap and then I would take care of it and make sure it got, you know, the jobs got funded and everything. So he, he had a, a really good, uh, at the time he had a really good sales force, right? And, um, and um, I helped them grow it. We, you know, we did really, really well. And I, and, and to this day, like I always look back into it because I never, like if he would have never done what he did, I would have still been there. That's the type of dude that I am. Right. And, um, and, and when, once that thing happened that, you know, we bump heads and, and, and we had a split, um, dude, I still remember that feeling. Like I still remember five years ago, like, like I had to go to my brother's shop, which was right, right around the corner. And I sat down in, on, on a little Porsche he has. And I was there for like 15 minutes by myself. Like after I have, uh, me and him had bumped heads and he had let me go. And, um, and I'm sitting down there like, and I still have that feeling in my stomach. 
of of me telling my brother my brother um for for those of you who don't know i never had like a really like a dad figure or whatever and my mom passed away when i was like two two years old three years old so i never had a mom either but um my brother was like my dad he was always like no dude don't don't give up you know he always pushed me and and to answer your question uh, travis that feeling that i that i had in 2000 and you know 16 or 15 or, or whatever um it's still it's still to to this day i'm still i'm still like chasing that feeling away and I never, ever, ever in my in my imagination thought that, you know, this many people would come together to even work for me. You know what I'm saying? I was 27 years old, 28 years old, bro. Like, who the fuck wants to work for a 28-year-old, you know, cholo-looking dude, right? <laughs> that, that doesn't even know if it, You know what I'm saying? Like, I look like a fucking, like a gangster. So, well, you know, at the time, I was like, I, I had a shit ton of doubts, yeah. Uh, I had a... I never imagined that God would bless me for this. So, for sure. so that's one. That's awesome. Like I just learned some, some more stuff. So that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like talk about overcoming adversity. This actually reminds me, Paul, if you remember one of our early episodes with Jens Pulver, who is a former UFC lightweight champion, was on the podcast talking about his motivation, which is what I'm going to ask you next. His motivation was he came. You know, he grew up in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, uh, he was uh, in an abusive home, like a lot of domestic violence. His dad, you know, beat his mom and his you know sister and his, his and him. And one time his dad uh, stuck a shotgun in his mouth and um, said, um, you're not worth, you know, I pulled the trigger, but you're not worth the bullet. And then he beat him up with the back of the gun. And so his motivation, he, we call it middle finger motivation, was he said, I'm going to be the, I'm gonna be on the stage, man. I'm going to be the champion. I'm going to be this. And he was a two-time state champion in wrestling with the UFC, was a world champion, you know, in uh, lightweight, um, quickest knockout in UFC history. And he got on TV live. And gave the middle finger to his dad and said, I told you, I told you I was going to call you out. And then he eventually amended, you know, amended that relationship with his dad later on. His dad passed away early. But that was his motivator from that, from him as a kid, like a six, seven-year-old kid, was that. It carried him all the way through his success in life. So would you say, like, your brother was kind of what you said is your dad figure. So was he really the one that uh, was your champion, was in Ish's corner, was like, you know, like, or who was, what was the biggest motivator for you, like, from the beginning of this whole thing, what is it? Because it's still got to be there today, and it can't just be money. Like I get it, it can't. There's money is a big aspect of it, but it can't just be that. Like, what is the motivator for you? The biggest motivator I have, um, pre pre being married, was 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 chasing that feeling away. Like I always yeah. had that feeling inside of my stomach, my my body was like like knowing that somebody else had control of my life and somebody else had control of my future, and 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 knowing that in a snap of a finger, whether he had a bad day or whatever. Um, that somebody could just affect my life that much. So at the time when, when that happened, my biggest motivator was honestly like trying to prove him wrong. Like, like trying to like show him show Ken that, that he made a huge mistake at the time. Um, you know, re, uh, fast forward a couple of years after, you know, I married my wife, we have a couple of kids and everything. And, and now we have four girls. Like my biggest motivator is those girls Yep. every fucking day, homie. Like yep. there is no, there's, like Travis and, and people that talk to me on every day and, 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 uh, and know me very well, they know that every goddamn day, there's no day that I'm not a hundred percent going, you know, trying to figure something out, trying to speed up the operation, trying to make it bigger, trying to see set up for the next summer. Right. And it's always, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up is, you know, I thank the Lord baby Jesus because I believe in him. Right. I have them, you know, tatted all over my body. I, I, you know, I have them all over my shop and, you know, I, I, I believe in the dude. Right. Um, and then after that, I, I pray to the Lord. Thank you for giving me another, you know, day, yep. and I, I get to work. You know? for you. But my biggest motivation now, now is, is my girls. Pre, pre my girls, it was the grind, homie. It was the, 
It was the fear of letting somebody else have control of my life. And, and, and it was the fear of, of, of disappointing my brother, my brother, Eduardo, because like I said, he's, he's, um, he's been like a dad to me. Like yep. since we were, we've never been separated, me and Eduardo. And I have uh, Jose too is my brother and I love Jose and, and Laura and, and everything, just me and him. Uh, when my mom passed away, we've always been together. Yep. Um, the, the family kind of split up and went their own way. And me and him were always like, he was always taking care of me. He's like two years older than me. And he always like, he's like that one brother that's always on, t- on top of your shoulder and like making sure nobody's beating you up or making sure nobody's bullying you or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So dude, dude. It, pre, pre my girls, it was my brother, like always pushing me and saying, you know, don't that. let, don't let that shit happen again. He literally looked at me when, when I told him what happened with me and Ken and we split up, he looked at me and he's like, you're going to be fine, man, but don't ever let nobody take control of your life again. And that's when I, that's when I clicked. Him. I love it, man. Thanks for sharing that. You actually have a, uh, and like, just like Travis and myself and Paul, we, we actually have, you have a really unique, um, you, you are a, a, in, a, in, a, in the minority in percentages of people who can actually make a massive impact. And let me tell you what I mean. You uh, didn't get to where you are because you got lucky, right? Uh-huh. You had to hustle. You had to work. You had to grind. That doesn't mean that your motivation can't change and shift, but you actually have an opportunity to do great things, not just for your customers, but for the community, for the service, and you are trying to do those things. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We work through it. We learn. We grow from each of these things, but you're in a great spot, dude, to to leave a, a kick-ass legacy for your yourself, your family, and be a good role model for your for your kids. Um that you don't want to take for granted, right? So as you continue to grow this thing, is don't forget your, your core values, man. And I appreciate uh, you talking about, you know, you. I do the same thing. Every morning before I look at any email, text message, whatever I do, I always pray. I give I give thanks and say, this is a platform I've been given to serve um, the masses. And when I can't serve the masses through Rhino, I get to do it through this this podcast. So I want to get into some actual questions, if you guys are cool with it, like some of the, that some of the other um, – folks have asked and that Travis might have or Paul that you might have too. And let's get into some of this tactical stuff to give these listeners some cool takeaway stuff on like how to accomplish some of the success that you've had or even with you, Travis, as well. So you guys ready to jump in? Yes, sir. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Travis, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Obviously, Ishmael, uh, one thing I will say is that Ishmael portrays an online persona that when you talk to him, he, he as as Chris said, he is actually, he's kind of a big softy and, and money is never his. I uh, am. Money's never what comes up in our conversations. And I think one of the things that Ishmael left out is one of his biggest motivations is he just wants to see what the process is to get to 100 million. It's not about the money at 100 million. He wants to see what that organizational chart looks like and what processes are involved. So that's one of his big motivations he left out. But Ishmael, one of the biggest biggest questions everyone's going to have with you on here is, how you're obviously the the king of hustle but how did you go to such you know i've been in business now 11 years you're twice my size um and i'm going to put one more on that not just how did you get to you know that 30 million so quick that i think your third year but how did you do it with maintaining a five-star reputation on on arguably the hardest platform to do it on which which is yelp (laughs) because i'll put I mean, anyone can scale with marketing, but how do you do it by maintaining processes that leave satisfied customers? Good question. Dave, that is the best question. Uh, and you know what? I've gotten, I've gotten asked that question um, a ton of times on Avengers and on different social media platforms, um, but I've never gotten really uh, a chance to answer it uh, on, on the podcast. So to answer that question, um, um, 
uh, Tram, is a hundred percent the process that I that I that I built, and and you do too. You have a five star reputation on 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 Google and a shit ton of reviews all over every platform, right? But but how we do it on Yelp here in California, and just to give just to give um, everybody a scope of what how impactful uh, Yelp is here in California, um, we have seven different, eight, eight different, um, eight different Yelp accounts now, because we have uh, eight different branches in Southern California, right? So every branch has its, its each, each um, uh, account. Total, I think with all the reviews that are filtered, non-filtered, I think we're over probably close to 2,500 to 3,000 reviews. Um, and we maintain four and a half to five stars on, on most of them. Um, how did we do it is because I pick up the phone, bro. Like literally if there's a one-star review, um, for the last five years, I've been the one to pick up the phone. I've been the one to, hey, I, I screenshot the, 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 the one-star review. I send it over to management. They send me back the information. And within like, I, and I'm not even exaggerating this, within 30 to 60 seconds, we have that information. Obviously, because of service time, we, we could pull, see who did that review. And they send me the phone number. I pick up the phone and I tell them, hey, what, what is it that we what went wrong? And, and sometimes I apologize, right? If we did mess up like hardcore, but most of the times what these what these people want to hear, what our customers want to hear is just like, hey, like you guys messed up. I need to vent to somebody, not just your management team, not just your CSR, right? Because they have other things to do. Like I wanted, I want the owner to know that something went wrong, yep. right? So I let them vent out. I let them vent out, and then I and then I and then I hit them with like our feeling of like who we are as a company, who I am as a person, and and, and I make it really, really clear that, that whatever happened is going to get taken care of, whether it's refunding on $300 or a thousand, whatever it is that we needed to do right. that they feel that we should do to, 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 to make that experience go away or, or give us another shot. I make it happen. And, and the key to it is making it happen right then and there where, where, where the review is being written, because if you wait a day or two hours or three hours, those people left that review and then they went and did something else. They got other things in their life that they took care of, that they need to take care of. But so if you wait, that 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 emotional feeling, emotional state that they're in fades away. Yeah. Yep. So if you do talk to them, they're gonna be like, "Well, yeah, well, you know, I'll take care of it." But you guys did this. But if you call them like right then and there, you'll get that. Well, you guys did this, and da, 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 and you can feel the fucking anger in their voice, right? Which that's where you want to get them, and that's how we're able to maintain the 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 five star review is because. Every time something happens, um, every time a one-star review, and, and there's not that many. There's probably been, you know, in all our accounts, there's probably like, you know, 25, 30 one-star right. reviews um, that, that happened. But, but the keto is, is, is making sure that you take care of it right then and there and not letting it progress and not letting it um, uh, trickle down. And then the second key, right, ready for this, is, is showing your management team of what you do to make that review go away yep. what, or to get it updated or to make sure that make sure that that customer experience went well. It's, it's the first four years I was doing it myself. Now this year, uh, as Travis knows and everybody knows, I built a badass management team. Right. And now I don't, I don't just sit in my office when, when a one-star review happens, I go over there to a training room or I'll go to, to wherever it had, like if it's a service uh, one star because of a technician did something wrong, I'll go to the manager and I'll put the customer on speaker and I'll talk to them while the, the service manager or the sales manager or whoever is there, I'll put them on speaker and I'll see them what I do. And then now they're doing it. So like the last, you know, probably 30 days, they've been taking care of everything and they've been doing a fucking stellar job. Of, of doing the same thing that I did and, and knowing like, it's not, we're not putting a show for these people. It's not like I'm telling them like, you know, do like, dude, we honestly really fucking care about our customer experience. Like 
Everybody knows in my home management team, we get an alert with, with, a, with every review that comes in, whether it's Yelp, Google, Facebook, everything, we get, review, we get alerts on our email, right? And if they see it's a one-star review, like they drop exactly what they're doing, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a, uh, whatever they're doing, they drop it and they go and take care of it. All hands on deck. Paul, what you got, man? All hands on deck. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Thank you for the opportunity, Chris, to ask a question. I'm actually slightly threatened by how good Travis's question was, his <laughs> delivery, his voice. Um, so, hey, so anyhow, I have a question. So zero to 30 million in a short period of time. Like there had to be a lot of bumps along the way. That's completely pressure testing a business. What were the more painful um, you know, points in the process and how did you fix them? The most painful, the most painful pro- the pain in the process was putting the wrong people in the wrong seat on the bus. Oh yeah, that was the most painful thing because because some of these some of the the, the employees the key employees that are still here, um, sometimes I put them in a wrong part and it was my fault. And 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 going to them and telling them, hey, you know maybe this isn't for you. I, I'm gonna put you over here, right? And then they would like there's there's feelings involved. There's like all this you know drama involved and all that. So, so the most painful part is, is because we grew so fast, most companies like we'll, we'll, we'll put an employee on, on like a service management, right? Uh, position, right? And they'll let it ride for like a year or two years or whatever, right? That's normal. Like I would get a service manager and I would put them there. And if it didn't instantly happen with the results that I wanted to, like within a month or two, I would put somebody else, right? And I would just keep trying people. And to, 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 to me, I didn't feel as bad, right? Like, because I, I knew that I have, I had a mission and I wanted to accomplish it, but to like them, they would feel like I was using them. Right. And, and, and now that I look back into it is, is, is I heard, I didn't hear like shit ton of people, but a lot of people got hurt in the process because they didn't see the things that I saw. They didn't see, they, they don't have my vision. They don't have my, my, my hunger. They don't have none of that. They just wanted to be part of the ride. And, and I did hurt some people in, uh, along the process, but now looking back retrospect, th- those people are still here and they go like, I know why you did that. And, I, and, and I appreciate that you kept me along for this ride. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was definitely putting the wrong people. And then the second thing was like the most frustrating fucking part is, is trying to be sold on everything. Like a Travis knows, right? fucking vendors walk into your shop every day and they're like, Oh yeah, I got this product for you. Or, Hey, you should try this magazine or you should try this mailer or, Hey, I'm the best PPC company in the world. And I, you know what I'm saying? And, and why we grew so fast, ready? Why we grew so fast, ready for this is because I try it. I held them accountable. And if they didn't do it, boom, next, boom, next, boom, next. Right. Until I got the right partner until I got the, if it was a magazine and they told me, Hey, Ishmael, you spent $10,000 with us and we'll generate, you know, a hundred calls and, and, and we'll make sure you do, you get the five ROI, 10 ROI, whatever it was. Right. And I held them accountable. Right? So I would try it and boom, if we didn't get the, that, the result that they promised me, boom, move on to the next one. And, and that's, I think that's probably one of the biggest keys that I had. I was fearless to try everything. And, and then once I found the things that worked, I kept doing it over and over. Right. 
but most contractors and and uh, would wouldn't even try that because they don't have they would they would want to you know uh, uh, try for a year and da 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 and and get all this uh, reporting and all this shit. Me, why I speed up the process of us because we would just try it, boom. If it worked, good. We keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And if it didn't, boom, move on to the next one. And that's how our growth came about. So you would say then, Ish, that you didn't actually grow through a plan. You just hustled it up there. Hunter, dude, I, Travis, and this is probably like your biggest, because um, uh, I, I, the way me and you like operate, right? Like you're super methodical of everything that you do. Like you don't, you don't just fucking rush into it and right. Like I, even in the short period of amount of time that I've known you, like I've, I've noticed that like you are super methodical of everything that happens. Like if you're going to try something, you're going to make sure it works. You're going to track the reporting. You're going to, you know what I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? And I was the opposite. I was more like, fuck, let's try it. Let's do it. Boom, boom, boom. And, and I would just uh, hustle as, as, as much as I could on every, on everything we did. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool that uh, the key word that you were saying was accountability. Um, I think there's a couple layers of accountability. One, when you're talking about your vision and, and your management, not knowing your vision, that is on you, right? As a leader, right? Cause you're the one that's, I'm, I'm no different. You know, for those that are listening for the first time, I'm the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions and we're a, a digital marketing company for the trades and in the trades only since 2008, we have over a hundred employees here. Uh, you know, I have a, uh, if I have a web design that goes out that somebody doesn't like, it's on me. You know, ultimately, like if it's, it gets rolled out wrong, there's communication breakdown. Ultimately it's on me. It might've been somebody else who was handling the communication, but it's on me. It's my like company. Me. So I think, yeah, Paul, yep. thanks buddy. Um, but there's that level of leadership and your passion isn't always easy to share and make sure everybody's on board with you too. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to name drop for a second, but you guys know that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was on the podcast uh, this on this week's episode. And he talks about, you know, he still puts everything on him. He's got 1200 people at Vayner, you know, but it's his vision. It's his responsibility to make sure that they're up to, you know, up to his level and up to and share his passion. If not, you may have the best employee in the world, but if they're cancer, they got to go. Um, and that's going to happen. Yep. But you, what the other thing that you had said was that, listen, I don't know if you, about you guys, but even though I come from a sales background, um, I'm the easiest dude to get sold. Like, I think it's because I respect, I respect the hustle of the sale that I'm always like giving everybody the benefit of the doubt in certain scenarios. Like a dude comes to my, I, and I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but somebody comes to my door and sells me like a tire cleaner. Uh, I got like five tire cleaners I don't ever use, but I just respect the hustle of the guy coming and trying. You know what I mean? And that just That's comes cool. from a place yep. of, I think, empathy, right? Like caring about and understanding the scenario. But um, you did, so coming in and getting vendors sold, do you think everybody goes through something similar like that too? But one thing you said that was really key is the accountability of when you onboarded them, you were starting to track things and seeing what works, but you were willing to try it. I think a lot don't even go down that path. They're just too afraid to try everything, you know? And, and I'm, listen, I'm a big advocate of, and we're going to be different here, Travis, with you and I, and really even Paul's like kind of reading between both of us, but I don't worry, okay? Like, you worry about 90% of the shit that never happens, so I don't do it, and I only worry about the 10% of shit that actually does happen, and what that allows me to do is move fast and be, you know, and move forward, and if something breaks, I fucking fix it, right? Or you figure it out, or you leave yeah. it on your team <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> So I, I appreciate that's appreciate, exactly me right there. I appreciate. I, I envy and hate you that about you because <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm anxiety ridden to the core and 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 probably you're right. The ninety percent of stuff made up in my mind doesn't exist. So yeah. see, look at all that time you wasted. Hey, Travis, Travis, let, let's go on to this one. Remember when we were um, sitting down, me, you, and Tom, and we were going through our financials. Tommy Mello. And you were like, "Holy shit, dude! I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell him the Tom story. Howard. I don't give a fuck. You know me." 
Remember when we were going through the financials? You're like, so Ishmael, like, look at this shit. Like, look at this shit. Like, dude, it would, I would have a fucking anxiety attack if, if my accountant <laughs> didn't do this and this, this and that. They were missing a couple of things, right? Remember that shit? What I tell you? I'm like, dude, I don't worry because I know I can fix it, right? Like, I don't worry about little things like that. Even though it's a huge thing in the financial, like in our P&Ls and everything, that they weren't accounting properly. Like, within like a, a fucking... 30 minutes, right? I told you, I'm going to go clean it up. I'm going to hire an accountant. I'm going to get this done. Da, 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 da. Boom, done. Now our PL is fucking clean, sharp, right? Ishmael, how much money did we find in three minutes? Bro, <laughs> a couple hundred thousand, easily. And, but and, but, but goes, goes back to your question, Chris. goes back to your comment. Like, like, I don't worry about things that I don't like. like and that's a huge thing. That's a, our financials is a huge thing, obviously. But, but like... I try to keep my focus on what, 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 um, what I know, right? Like me driving that fucking Lambo that I built is, is me is, is keeping focus on the road up ahead. Right. And then I let everybody else do the, the, the cleaning behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't do it all, man. You gotta have smart people on your team. Like I'm going to give my shout out to my boy, Paul, no. Tall Paul, Tall Paul's VP of uh, sales, uh, for round stage solutions. And he's my guy, like he's my right hand dude. And, uh, he's super smart, super methodical. And, um, and he's a great critical thinker and you got to have that type of leadership on your, on your team. So there's my shout out to you, Tall Paul. I appreciate uh, that. All right, Thank let's you. get into some more. Hey, uh, I'm gonna shift gears for just a second. All right, Ish. Um, so, Go. Um, I know that uh, you are a private label, right? Yep. So I this question has come up before, and 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 it actually kind of came up on a, on a po- earlier podcast that we shot. But what made you decide to go private label? Like, what was the thing that said, "Yep, I'm gonna be private label." Um, Daikin came up to me, the, their, 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 one of their regional reps came up to me and they had like, that goes back to the same thing. Like they were trying to sell, like everybody's trying to sell you on something. But at the time I was going through a rough period with train, right? Like, um, wh- when they were trying to like present the, the, the amount of product to us so we could private label it, yeah. I was going in a really bad direction with train train owes me a shit ton to the point right now. I'm going to talk shit. They still owe me like $131,000 <laughs> that they're not going to pay me on because they're fucking scumbags. Um, but that's not here there. How do, you, um, how do you really feel? I mean, but, Travis? Ishmael and I don't when, agree on this that- fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ishmael, you have, listen, you know me, I bleed red first, orange second, but your issue was not with train. Your issue was with their vendor. Yep. Distributor. Yep. Distributor. Yep. So it was this distributor Sorry. It wasn't with train. Train is actually a badass, badass product. I was actually in, in, in at war with Ferguson at the time. And, 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 and again, Ferguson was a, was uh, the, the, those guys. If you know me, I keep it a hundred percent real. Like whoever's a fucking scumbag in the industry, I'm going to call them out for it. Right. Ferguson's no. one of them. So <laughs> at the time I was with Ferguson um, and, and, and then, and then, uh, Daikin came in here and they're like, Ishmael, they do, we don't do usually do this private label for a mana. Everybody private labels, the Goodman product, everybody in their mother. Right. But you can't like, there's, they, they, they pick and choose what private label goes on the Amana product. And they had already read a story there. They had already known who we are, customer service and everything and our installation process. And when they came up to us, it just, I was in a bad place with Ferguson and they were promising me the world. So they came in and they said, look, we're going to take care of everything. We'll, we'll, we'll stock up your shops. We'll put VMIs in there. We'll, we'll do everything for you. Right. And I was like, it was literally the guy was here for like 15 minutes and he, he wasn't that good of a rep to sell me on it. I was just in a bad, bad time with Ferguson. So I went like, go ahead and do it. Like literally I called up my Ferguson rep and I told him, I text him, come and pick up all your shit. Boom. So- 30 minutes later, there was trucks coming in here. <laughs> I don't, 
I don't doubt it. So 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 let me help me understand. Is it be, did you decide to do private label then because you didn't you don't care what the logo is on the box or you want it to be your logo on the box? Like what was the what was like? Because do you think the homeowner really cares about the actual the actual no. unit itself? Nope. Nobody gives a flying, you know what, about <laughs> oh, what now, Oh, now you're on PC. Now he's muted. Why? <laughs> okay, why I did it, uh, there's, there's a couple of reasons why I did it. Number one, because they came in, they, they, did a, uh, they did a fantastic job setting this up. But number two, when they told me that I came with a lifetime unit replacement, my fucking mind exploded of how many ways I could market this. Oh, Billboards gotcha. on, on TV, on radio, on, 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 on digital. Like, my mind exploded. As, as, in, as, as in telling a story to our customers on how we could, how we're able to private label our unit. That was one of the huge reasons of the warranty, the lifetime unit replacement, which distinguishes us from every other uh, contractor. Yep. But the number two reason is, and one of the most important reasons I want everybody to know is the, 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 the brand equity. Like, dude, you got to understand five years down the road, four years down the road, three years down the road, whenever the, if, if the homeowner sells that home or whatever, the first thing they do when something goes wrong, they go to the unit outside or inside or the thermostat or whatever, right? Well, if they see a big old next gen logo, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to Google it. And if they Google it, who do you think is going to pop up? Me. <laughs> so I get that customer back, right? I get, I get, and then new customers that, that don't know who we are, whether they sold their home or whatever, get to see our logo. And now they're going to use this again and again. So brand equity, dude, is the most important thing, like I'm not going to be in business trying to sell train or, or Lennox or, and push their product and, and, and them get the brand recognition and they keep getting all the, they keep making all the money when I could be putting my label on it. Right. And I could be getting that repetitive business all, all over again. I completely understand the market. Does Travis have an, an opinion there? <laughs> Listen, Ishmael hooked me up with, with the same guys that, that he used. And I, I think they offer a very, a very competitive product and, and they were very kind. Um, listen, we, we talked last time on my podcast about vendor relationships and, and my challenge to Ishmael, you know, if Ishmael, if you had a great relationship with, you know, train directly back then and you weren't fighting with Ferguson, do you think you would have even made that switch? Nope. And that, that's where dude, I'm at. You, you, you brought on one, you, dude, Travis, you brought on one of the most important points in, in, in the contracting business. It's, it's relationships. Yep. I built a relationship with train and that's why I was able to speed up the process of growth. Cause dude, if you're running a, a like, dude, our second year, we did like $18.1 million or $19 million. Like the cash that you need to operate that, like, it's not like I had fucking $10 million in the bank and I decided to start a contracting business. That would be stupid. <laughs> if I had $10 million in the bank, I would do something else, right? But but goes back to that relationship. I had a massively good relationship with Ferguson at the time. And they were like, dude, just go. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. We'll give you all the equipment. We'll give you all the parts. We'll give you everything. And you could pay us in, in 30, 60 days or whatever. Dude, that helped me out a lot, right? Yeah. So, so no, to answer your question, Trav, I would, if, if Ferguson would have done what they've, what they've stated on the paper and promised me, I would have never left them because that's the dude I am. But so, so look at the growth curve though, you know, when you're small and you don't have that brand equity yet, going with a big name brand gets you instant credit. Credibility. Yeah. yeah. Credibility. We talked about that. Yes. Where now Ishmael's brand and, and I, I hope my brand can kind of stand on their own. Yeah. It's not as needed. Yep. Right. Um, so I think there's, there's something yep. there, but uh, you know, and Ishmael, if you had $10 million, seeing how our industry is going, you would actually buy a home service company, buy three more smaller ones, tuck them under and then resell it. 
Now I would. Back in the day, I wouldn't. But now, because I see where the, the industry is going, and, and when, when people talk, and we could get into this different subject of acquisitions, but I'm no expert at it, homie. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not no Leland Smith. I'm not no Ken Haynes. I'm not no, uh, you know, Ken Goodridge and those guys. But but I know and I see what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're, dude, we can play the same game. I'm just playing on a smaller scale, right? But eventually, I'll get to their scale, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, real quick, Paul, before you ask a question, because it looks like you're okay. Oh, oh, shoot. Ooh. He's I'm like, yep. he's like, Travis is your show. It's Travis. It's the Travis Ringy show. Uh, <laughs> hey, Travis, honestly, you're bringing up a dude fire points, bro. Like those vendor relationships, like people need to understand, like that's probably, we could do a whole podcast of just a building relationships to, to be able to cash flow the business. You know what I'm saying? Paul's going to fly in for the next five episodes just to make sure he's here and like st- setting his stakes in the ground. <laughs> Paul, Paul, listen, you're doing great, buddy. Keep it up. Um, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears one more time too, only because I'm not sure how deep into this thing we are, but I think we're probably somewhere around the 30, 40 minute mark, 45 minute mark. Okay. Yep. So for the sake of time, but we got some good stuff going on, um, and I want to be respectful of all y'all's time. Um, I want to shift gears real quick to a uh, to something that we talked about um, on our podcast, Travis, uh, that I know is a hot topic for you. So this is a pretty decent shift, but it's something I'm passionate about as well. I just had a meeting with my with our web design team this morning on a, um, you know, we've built thousands, thousands of sites over the past, you know, 12 years for HVAC contractors, plumbing contractors, and I know exactly what I want from them. I want to make sure that without scrolling anywhere, they can see uh, what they do, where they do it, and what's the cost of the site or what's the what's the promotion they have to offer. So price promotion, one of the two. I want to know what is the call to action that's there that before they scroll so I can get them in the site and to convert quickly. And it's actually a bookable lead. I know you're passionate about. I want you to ask the question. Ask the question that we talked about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. And I, and then let's get into that conversation. See what about it, my website being the no, best no, fucking no, website no, in the nation? Hell yeah. Uh, I got the best website in the nation. Thank you. So... So now that we know Ishmael's stance, now ask your question. <laughs> does your does your website offer online pricing? Not yet. Well, it ain't but the best I website in the world then. <laughs> this is so good. I, I do not yet, not yet. And the key, and the keyword is yet, dude. I know you do it, and I know I don't know how successful it's been. I haven't tested that because of the massive growth. I've been I've been here at uh, NextGen, but I, I will probably be in. Uh, me personally, I don't think the, the public is there yet. I don't think the, the consumer is there yet where they could click, 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 pay, 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 install, 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 right? Like, I don't think the consumer mind and the marketing is there yet, but, um, but it is something that we're going to work towards because I know that, that the shift in consumer is going to happen in the next, what, three to five years, uh, Travis? Um, but not yet, and, but yes, we are going to work on it 100%. Yeah. So we're talking online pricing and, you know, you can have any car just driven to your door at this point. There's, there's certainly a shift in how people are purchasing things. And uh, that, that's, you know, I, I want it to be kind of on the forefront of that. But um, one of the biggest things you and I talk about, Ishmael, is, you know, in terms of, of maybe I can pull it out of you, but what is the future of con of home service contracting? What do you think the, the most successful contractors will be predicated on? Because I know where the LSA ads came about, why the LSA ads came about. And, and for people that don't know what LSA is, the local service ads, um, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what Google is. Google controls 78% of marketing around the world. Okay. 78% of all marketing is controlled by Google or around 78 or 80%. Right. Um, 
I pay attention to what Google does like left and right, right? And when they came up with those three boxes on top, those are called local service ads. That's when we pulled the trigger to do multi-locations because those locations go based on, on proximity, on reviews and responsiveness, right? If you can have multiple locations and, and, and have a budget in there for, for those locations, then you could pull a ton of leads from them. Um, so so what the, the, when I paid attention to that, right? Um, why does Google want you to, to, to put a phone? They, they assign the phone number and it bounces to their call center and then it bounces back to our call center, right? Am I right, Chris? Yeah. So so they're recording everything. Yes. And you have to listen to that. That's all they're doing. Yep. That's all they're doing. The one thing that Google doesn't, the the one thing that Google doesn't have and and they would probably never have is the labor force, but also the terminology behind the home service. And that's what they're recording is all the terminology, all the different accents. Right. And, 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 and where I see this going is because uh, in the next year, a few years, I feel that, that the, the, the voice is going to take over. Right. Uh, everything's going to be, hey, Google, can you send me a plumber? Hey, hey, Alexa, can you send me uh, an H, a, a technician, right? I know that's where it's going, and it's going to go based on proximity reviews and, and responsiveness, right, to dispatch them. I think what's going to happen in the next, it could be 10, 15 years, is that that Google, Google Amazon, and, and some of these huge websites, Home Depot and all these guys, are going to, people are going to go online and purchase the equipment direct from them, because Google is so smart enough to know that there's a shit ton of money that could be made on that margin of purchasing equipment and reselling it to the consumer. And then, and then it's going to get dropped off to their, their site. And then the consumer is going to buy a, a labor package for that install for the, for the, for the, for the, for the, for the systems. I don't think they're going to get into the service industry because the, there's too many factors there and they're to the accountability that to tracking and, 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 and all that's not there yet. But I feel like they're going to hit the, the, the replacement market, um, whether it's solar panels, whether it's heating and air conditioning, whether it's windows, right, uh, garage doors. I feel like in the next 10 years, that's where it's going to go. It's going to be voice activated. You're going to go online and you're going to purchase everything, put it on your credit card or on financing, and then people are just going to show up in, 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 in trucks and, and, and do all the labor. All right. That's, that's where I feel d- it's going. That's a whole other podcast because <laughs> we could talk about that. Um, but But – you know, when you and I talk Ishmael a lot, it's, we both believe a lot in reputation based contracting. And I think for online pricing to be successful, you really got to be able to stand on your own reputation. And so some people will say, Oh, you know, we can, it'll never work. You can never sell the value, um, not being in person. And, and I think the way that we've been successful at it, that you could be as well is that my, my reputation is my value. Yep. You know, I, I didn't exactly. get 5,000 plus reviews by doing a bad job. Right. You know, so that, that's, Hey, hey, Travis, people that think like that, it's like literally saying, Hey, I can't go to that restaurant because I haven't tasted it. You know what I'm saying? Like most people go to restaurants because of the reviews. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Or because they heard somebody try it and they're like, Oh man, this restaurant's amazing. So when they say, Oh, you can't build enough value. It's like, Dude, the restaurant industry has been doing it forever, right? The reviews are their are their lead generation for them. If people Google your na- their name and it's five stars and it's amazing food, people are gonna go there, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing for us. It's it's our value is gonna be our reputation. And and to answer your question, contract uh, we've we've said this on Avengers and we said this on multiple platforms. Review based contracting is a hundred million percent the future. If you do not believe what's going to happen with all these reviews and all this information that, that Google and, and Yelp and all these review uh, platforms are gathering, like that's the hundred percent of the future, bro. It's not like those people that are falling behind the, the old school mentality um, that have the three stars and two stars, they're losing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars Ooh. every fucking year because of their reputation. 
Yep. Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head, Travis, is um, it's easier to give online pricing. I think you got, to, well, and this is my world too, right? It's been my world. I was always trying to figure this stuff out because at the end of the day, what I'm tasked to do is bring in new bookable service install leads, plumbing leads, whatever it is that are not past customers. That's my job. So in order to do those things, once you get people on the website, I got to get them to actually convert, right? I got to get them to actually want to call you to do business with you. So that is my job. So part of that process is, you know, how many calls did we listen to where they didn't they didn't end up booking the call because they wouldn't give them even a ballpark? Yep. And I've always had yep. like I've always had this pain point of like if I could just get some of these guys to do it. But the caveat is, man, if you're below four, if you're at three point nine stars and below, you're in deep shit, right? Absolutely. So you cannot yep. you could not give online pricing if you had a star below that because I think the conversion rate would be atrocious. So I don't think it would matter. So I think reputation actually and matters. And we do that, Chris. We, we actually ballpark people on, on the phone, especially on the heavy season, because these customers are calling 20 other companies and they can't get to them fast enough, right? And sometimes we tell them, hey, yeah, we could be there in a couple of days and they don't want to wait. Well, what's a ballpark? And, and that's when we turn it over to a project manager. And dude, just to give you an example, last year, this year, sorry, in the summer, I was still grinding on the phones. I, there was days that I was closing on the phone my, myself I was closing, you know, sixty to a hundred thousand dollars a day Damn. just on the phones, texting Damn. people on the phones, emailing, sending contracts over, e-signing, doing all that shit every single day because I there was so many leads and I have like fourteen project managers. I have a shit ton of 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 man of, of of sales reps or project managers that can handle that volume, right? But still, people are like, no, if you give me a price over the phone, I'll do it. When could you install it? Da, da, da. And I was pricing people over the phone. How, huh, Travis? I think I, there was times when me and Travis were texting back and forth. I was like, dude, I just sold like 60 grand today. <laughs> Every day I'm hustling. That, that inside sales position <laughs> yeah. going forward as, as this model you know, moves forward is going to be more and more important. Yep. You know, part, part of the, my sure. problem right now is I'm one of the only ones, my brother and I, that are in the office that can respond to these more technical questions. Yeah. And we keep saying, hey, we're going to have to start training an inside salesperson that can, you know, yep. get the size for the customer, walk them through our value, do a video chat. Um, it, it's it's consumers are, are changing the way they purchase. They don't want people in their house for three hours anymore. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, uh, COVID exposed a little bit of that too. So like it kind of forced everybody into that scenario a little bit. Yep. Hell yeah, they did. Um, so I know that, uh, and, and I don't want to go much further down that path. I really was just kind of interested to see, I think that, um, ballpark figure is the next best option if you don't give an actual price. Yep. So that is my stance. Transparency. Um, transparency. So, uh, because people are going to ask if you give them nothing, I think the odds are greater that you're going to get to get the lead than not get the lead. I mean, I get the customer than not get the customer, or at least the opportunity. Fair. Agree. Fair. Okay, oh. It might be subtle, but I would say like even calling someone a project manager versus a comfort consultant, comfort advisor, salesperson, whatever, like that's subtle, but that's a big deal. I like that. What do too. you call yours? You mean Travis? Conceptual, yeah. Like perception wise or conceptually. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, okay. Comfort advisors. Yeah. I, he, he always says that. And he, when, when I first started talking to Ishmael, he would always say project managers. And I'm like, what kind of big projects are you managing? And then I realized I was a sales team. But I, Dude, I do. They it, are big projects, bro. That's what consumers want. Yep. They it don't. The they don't want a comfort it. consultant. Yep. So I want to. And add. next time, next time, Chris, we'll do. We'll, I'll do it. I'll tell you a process. Our process on how the comfort advice. I mean, the the project manager goes in there, sells, and then just, uh, dude, it's a. It's it's pretty fucking bad. Well, we came up with a customer, the five star customer experience, and the project manager is in charge of that customer experience from from start to finish. Got it. So uh, for sure, I'm sure there'll be a caveat. Or, I mean, another part two to this one too. By the way, we still have to do one on uh, the review stuff too. Let's get that booked. Got that, Cal? Um, so Travis is the king of reviews. <clears throat> um, so 
So one, um, hopefully we had we've had um, some of the people on the Avengers page submit questions. So Joseph uh, G, hopefully we, we tackled one of yours. Uh, Mark Anthony, we hit one of yours when um, he was talking about surviving year one do's and don'ts. You kind of talked about that already. Um, I want to add um, since we're talking about you know con you know what large contracts are you project managing, or what large projects are you doing? Uh, Bradley, oh my gosh, I'm gonna bur- butcher this. Mercier. Mercier, Mercer, God, if I, I'm so sorry, Brad, if I if I destroyed your name, but um, you did. I did. Okay, thanks, thanks. How is it pronounced, Paul? Do you know? No, I don't. I can't see it. <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> he just said he did. Hey, uh, Paul's a triple OG man. Damn. I'm funny. I like Paul, man. What I'm talking so cool. about. <laughs> he's this from the cool, man. He's from the streets of Ohio. <laughs> uh, Bradley. Okay, so Brad Bro. wrote uh, bidding large service contracts. Um, bidding large service contracts bigger than what your team can handle. Is that, did you see that? So a bidding large service contracts. Bigger oh, than so, what so team. you know what it is? You don't know what it is, Chris? Like there is projects that I like not want to do because like, number one, it takes too much time and, and the timing is not there. Like, especially in the summer, the summer we want to like, you know, install, 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 collect, collect, right? Keep going. Like if, if somebody comes at me in the middle of a summer and they're like, oh yeah, we got a school that we want you to do and it's got 20 package units and it's in frames. And I'm like, nah, hell no, man. You're going to tie up four or five of my crews there for in the middle of a summer when I could be slamming deals all day long. So I, th- you have to learn when to walk away and when you could be like, okay, cool. If you guys want to hold till after summer when it slows down, then I'll go ahead and, and, and help you with your project. But if not, like, dude, just move on. Got Don't, it. Don't don't get stuck on those big projects just because it has a big number and you're oh yeah I'm gonna replace these twenty package units you know in the middle of a summer and it's for five hundred thousand dollars it's like okay but you could have done fifty installs at ten thousand dollars and collected that five hundred thousand dollars in one day yeah right. or two days or three days right yeah that's good we cherry pick the same way I think that's a common common thing that happens though right because you're like oh my gosh it's a big project but you don't you're not thinking about <clears throat> if you think of it on the most short- people don't most people just take on the project. And it's like, dude, you got to learn to say no to those those projects or learn to say, yeah, let's do it. I have enough people, uh, you know, it's slow or whatever. You just have to look into the scenario that you're in. And, and if Brad was talking about like commercial maintenance contracts, I don't think Ishmael or I are, or I have a few, but we're not big in that that arena. Yeah, I'm not. Hell no. I'm not sure. It's too slow for me, homie. Residential's like this. You know what I'm saying? Like people <laughs> always ask me, how come you don't do a, a, a commercial? I'm like, it's too slow, man. Like people are just, you got to submit a quote and they got to approve it through the board and the board has to give it funding and da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, we go to hug customers, hook them with our uh, next gen product and, and warranties and boom, go to the next one. Okay. You so- know what I find? I find the commercial guys are scared of residential and the residential guys yeah. are just like indifferent toward commercial. Do you find that? Yeah. You didn't yep. want to, you didn't want to say All scared, did you, Paul? You didn't want to say scared of commercial. <laughs> I did. Hell no, we're not. He switched the word up. Commercial too slow. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it, it, it actually uh, a lot of truth to what you just said, Paul. We see it a lot in our types. So the main thing we mostly focus on is residential item replacement service. Different uh, processes. Yep, different deal. Yeah. Um, although there's some super successful commercially driven companies. So, um, so I'm going to do two more questions for the sake of time because we're like an hour into this thing. Um, Let's do it, baby. <laughs> so two more quick questions, and they're going to be two completely different questions. Um, the first one is because I want to get to at least one more question that somebody posted on the Avengers page is how do you motivate your team to get higher turnover rates? Moolah. Money. Money, man. Money. 
Hey, homie, dollar, let me tell you something. You know? People that people that don't let me tell you something, because uh, uh, people don't realize that like, yeah, people love working here. And actually, I have a badass fucking culture. I'm building the best fucking like, well, Travis is might be a, a, a better than my operation, but I'm building the top fucking operation in the nation. I don't care who it is. When I'm done with data queue, when I'm done with everything, like it's a badass fucking company. But at the end of the day, people want money. Okay, technicians, project managers, installers, right? So how we motivate them? It's put bounties, put 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 goals for them, put put bonuses for them, right? Keep them keep them chasing that carrot because if you're just gonna pay people hourly, they're gonna go do their job, go to the next one, go do their job, go to the next one, right? But if you actually put a bonus structure, if if you actually put a a plan like a like a growth plan, like dude, there's yep. people here that, that, and it's so amazing for me to say this now. There's people here at NextGen that started as a tune-up technician and now they're project managers. Right. There's people that were installers and now they're technicians. Right. There's people in the call center that were just taking calls and now they're doing something with management. Like there's actual growth plan. And, and I tell this in, in every single meeting that I get to go on is is I go in there and I tell them, look, guys, if, if you guys pour your heart into it and we see that you that you want to grow with the company, we're going to pick you. and We're going to put you in a different position in the bus. Right. It's 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 that. And obviously telling them, like, look, as you get more responsibilities, you're going to make more money here in the company. So how do you motivate them? Moolah, homie. Yeah. It's money. I am a huge fan. And of culture. Sorry. Huge. Well, that's exactly where I was going is two things. I'm a huge fan of pay for performance. I think you pay for ex- for somebody being exceptional. I think you pay exceptional people well. Um, but in order to help make them exceptional, you got to make sure that your culture is on point. You care about them. You give them all the tools and confidence in the world to be amazing at the sales position or whatever yep. it is. So I believe in those yep. in those two pieces of thing. Were you going to say something? Well, in that culture is making sure that you're doing right by that customer. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's one of the parts that miss, is missed in the industry. And that's not always you know, selling or not selling, but these guys, you know, they can do simple math, right? And if it's a slow shoulder season and they got a compressor down, you know, we have no, no winter here in Arizona. So they lose a compressor on a heat pump and there's no incentive for them to turn that. Well, they, in their head, get six hours of, of labor just to go put in a compressor. Why would they ever turn that over to the sales team? You know, so you, you there's gotta be, it's gotta be balanced both ways so that it's always for the best interest of the customer. Yeah. Makes sense. We hey exactly. So so and Travis, you're a triple great. OG, Travis. Dude, you <laughs> just hit that shit in the bro. You just hit like if 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 you guys could take one thing from this whole podcast is what he just said right now. He's like a Ishmael's fanboying over Travis right now. We're best. Oh, friends. dude, he's my he's my no, little homie. I know, man. I know. You I guys look are, up to this dude. Man. I know you guys are tight. I'm just busting your guys' chops. So hey, listen. Um, last thing I want to ask you, and you just talked about it, is let's get let's get on this topic of data cube. Um, I know you want to talk about it. I know it's part of your, your, your big plan. I know you're building out your spot there. Um, I know you're getting pretty close on getting it done, but let's talk about it real quick. Okay. And I want you to help everyone understand what the hell is data cube, right? So if they'd never heard it, didn't watch the service Titan webinar, or haven't been on the pages, like, what are you getting into, man? I know this is like your next gen. I'm doing air quotes next gen. Like it's part of your deal. Let's talk about it. What's data cube, man? Like what is data cube? DataCube came about because of 2019, and, and Travis, Travis, uh, me and Travis had had a ton of conversations. 2019, last quarter, kicked my fucking ass to the ground, bro. Like, I was literally like, 
you know, burnt. I was grinding for four years. I was, I just didn't know where to, to, to go. Right. Happens, yeah. um, Tom Howard came over to my shop cause you know, Ara sent him and we had a good conversation. He, he, he showed me exactly what was going on inside the company, which I didn't at the time. I was just focused on top, 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 grow, grow, grow. Yep. Right. And, 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 and Tom Howard came in here last quarter and would slowed it down for me. And he literally chopped up the whole operation and how it should have came about. Well, because of that, those conversations in those three months that we that came about, I decided that there was no way I was never going to know what's inside the company anymore. So I came up with DataCube. DataCube is literally a live KPIs on everything that's going on inside your company. Like there, most companies have two or three people pulling reports on service time and going through every line item and, and getting, sometimes there's human error in there. Sometimes there's not, whatever it is, right? They, like when you get to a certain, uh, a certain size in company, the most important thing you got to like focus on is the reports inside your company, whether it's financial reporting, whether it's uh, your technicians, your, your cell, your project managers, your CSR, everything that's inside the company, you need to focus on that. That's like your, that's, uh, that's your dashboard on the Lamborghini that you built. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why DataCube came about. So we have nine different metrics that we're tracking now on DataCube, right? The dashboards are already built out for the sales metrics, for the financing, for the CSRs, for HVAC, for plumbing, um, and then the marketing. And there's three more KPIs that are, that are getting added to, the, to DataCube. And that's where, where, where the name came about. It's nine different screens, like, just like a, a Rubik's Cube. It's nine screens that tell you exactly what's going on inside of the, the company. The best one is the revenue and capacity. Like, dude, it's literally going to be an overview of inside what's it going inside the company. And that's going to be the middle board that I have behind me. The middle board is going to be an overview of everything that's happening inside the company. And then all the, the, the boards are going to be around it telling you exactly what's going on. So the revenue and capacity, I'm not going to get too, too far into it, but the revenue and capacity is literally going to tell you your average ticket for the day, um, how many installs you have, how many calls, and it's going to tell you your capacity of calls every single day. If you're running, if you're, if you need 20 calls left, or if you're, if you're missing 15 calls for the technician, you're running at 68% capacity. If you, if you could handle 20 installs a day and you only have 12, you, you know what I'm saying? It's going to tell you exactly every metric inside the camp company on that revenue and capacity board. So people, instead of going through reports or calling people or, or, or as the owners calling management and bugging them, Hey, what's going on? Do we have calls? Do we not have calls? Or do we have installs? What's going on with the install? What's our average ticket? It's just, you look at that screen, it's going to tell you, okay, cool, fuck, we have, you know, we, we're able to do 250 calls a day. We only have 220. You better start outbounding, and management's going to take control of that. And the, and the most important part about KPIs is that training your staff on how they can affect those KPIs to change it. Yes. Because looking at it does yes. nothing if you don't know how to action something off. So 50%, 50% of the battle is displaying the KPIs, and the other 50% of the battle is knowing what to do with those KPIs. You know what I'm saying? So yep. like we have a recon warranty, a uh, recon warranty metric that's going to be able to tell us everything of, of, of every technician, every install team, what their strengths and weaknesses are on every single uh, metrics in there. And then we have the review metrics, how, to, how, to, how it affects the culture in the company. So Travis, 100%, half of the battle is pulling that. And then the other half is knowing what to do with that information and, and, and how, to, how to enforce it to your team so they can make the company, number one, more profitable, right? Number two, more efficient. And number three, the, the customer experience gets perfected. I think it's, I wrote on my paper as Travis was, I mean, right before Travis said that, I just showed him um, the KPI gives you a layer of accountability, right? Because now you've got actual metrics to measure people and make them better too. I also love the idea of it being kind of like a live scoreboard, you know, for, for some of it. Yep. Um, and it, what it does is it makes 
the business more tangible to those that don't quite understand it. Kind of like you, man, in 2019, listen, you got to be humble to say, man, I'm going, 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 going. My gross revenue is great. But if you're, if your net profit is, is shit, like what, what are we doing? Right. But, but it's not, but it's not exactly what happened to me, but it's not game over. It's uh, you know, reset, fix it. You did that. Right. So now, now that's exactly what we did. Now, when you scale and using this type of information that, by the way, you know, if we'll have them share the website at the end um, and you use these metrics, you can legit scale a super healthy company based on that data and hold everybody accountable. It's basically like a a sweet little tool and metrics. I love data. We make every decision here based off of data because we have everything. There's nothing you you don't have to guess on anything. So I love the fact that you're building that out and pushing it. Some people already have this stuff available to them, like at least some of it that you just don't use because it takes time to do it or effort to do it. And let's face it. Like that's the problem. It's who wants that's to do the it? problem. And that's why data cube is so important is because we're doing all the hard work for that. Well, not we, the, the I, system is sure. doing all the hard work for you. Sure. It's extracting all that information. It's not pulling reports, putting them on a whiteboard, how everybody does it. Right. How many calls it like literally most of the contracting businesses that I've been to, they have a huge whiteboard and they have everybody's name and all their KPIs on the on that board. That's where I saw the opportunity. And that's where I saw that that our contracting business was outdated on the reporting side. And that's all data cube is. It's live reporting, live KPIs and knowing that that what's going inside your company without being, you know, calling 100 different people or walking to the whiteboard or or seeing if somebody made a mistake. What's the what's the website again? What's the website address? Data cube dot ai.com datacube and we're and we're dude we're in we're in the infant stages it's still gonna it, we're sure. still building out the like i i know we got some um uh, uh processes that we're building out right now but dude in 30 days you will be 100 percent going on that website and doing all the demos we're signing up for cool. that uh, i'll give you pricing on there everything and it's not just for service time it's going to be for field edge it's going to be for for um for house call pros anything yeah so for our listeners real quick though too by the time this thing posts it will that will be done so um so it should be good to go by then. Just so everybody knows, we're recording this on uh, October 15th, just so you guys are, can make a reference to the date. Ishmael, if I wanted to have a data cube center, do I have to have a Starbucks with a Starbucks barista in it? <laughs> no. You have to have one at least. Dude, I can't wait till I show you guys this. I'm going to go live as soon as my, my data cube centers, the, the smart dispatching centers are up. But no, you, dude, honestly, and you don't need these fancy screens, bro. Like you could pull this on your laptop sure. or your computer and sure. all that and see that. But why I display them the way I display them is because I have certain screens throughout the whole operation so people can actually Absolutely. see their performance. I like can- in the training room, we have the sales KPI, we have the, the, the HVAC KPI, the plumbing's KPI, and what else did we have? That's it. We have those three screens, and you you see people after their meeting, they're like right there on the TV, like, oh, shit, look at my average ticket, 14,000. Oh, look, look, I ran three calls. Oh, look at my closing percentage. Like, you see four or five people all the time there, and those are the people that you want to keep pushing Absolutely. because they actually care about what's going on. 100% a fan of that, 100%, because, again, it makes it tangible. And listen, if you're competitive and you're sitting third, you want to be number one, too. Like, number one, like, you, yeah. you see it. It's in your oh, face, yeah. and so do your peers around yep. you. And so I'm a fan yep. of that. So I want to end with this real quick. And I, and I respect this piece of it. And why I want to talk about it is, and you guys both know, I mean, since 08, when I was doing this, myself and my wife, building out websites with an SEO, doing pay-per-click for trades, we listen to every fucking phone call that comes through every website since then. 
putting it in Excel spreadsheets. Mrs. Jones called. It was a during hours call. It was a, a service lead. Mary was the CSR that took it. She booked it. She didn't book it. It was a new customer. In fucking Excel spreadsheets, whereas now we have this big, beautiful yep. dashboard built out 12 years later. But it was the data that always drove the company. We were talking about facts yep. every single month. It's no different today. We just have more data. Uh, more data. So you pushing it out to the industry is, I feel like, something I've been trying to do for a freaking decade. It was to make sure that you have all this stuff to track, do it. But what I learned, what I learned with y'all contractors is it was easier if I just did it for you. And it was, I was more successful if I just did it for you. I say that respectfully. but And I was okay with yep. that. Once I learned that was how the relationship needed to work because it was a legit relationship, I did it. And it made us both yep. more successful together. So I appreciate you pushing on this. Can't wait to see it um, fully built out. Um, I appreciate your time on, you know, and you asking that too. And I know we've all had conversations about it. Paul, do you have any closing thoughts for Ish? No, I would ask this though. I mean, you go from zero to 30 on your way to a hundred million. You get a lot of good friends and relationships along the way, but sometimes there's some haters. Do you have a message for any of the haters oh, out there? Shit, look at you. <laughs> hey, don't worry about what I do, homie. Like the one thing I'm going to tell every hater in the industry, like, Bro, I'm, 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 I'm 33 years old. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm fucking hungrier than ever. Um, the one thing that, that, that I do want to, that, that, that has resonated to me, and, and Travis has been telling me this for a while, like winners, I mean, lo- losers focus on winners. Winners focus on winning. Like that's Nerd. the one fucking mindset that I have for 2020, 21, 22, 23 to grow to 100. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on winning. That's all I'm going to focus on. Dude. And the haters, man, I just laugh at them. We're, we're building the it. industry, man. We're not tearing it down. That's right. With the industry, for the industry, homie. I love it. Respect. I will tell you this. In a 12-year span of me being a digital marketing company for the trades, when I started this, I was like an OG in digital marketing for the trade. I was like one of the only dudes that did straight digital marketing only for the trades. Now there's a bunch, a bunch of people. I hear all people kinds of talk, you know, talk all kinds of shit about me. And you know how much I care? Zero. Because I don't Zero. waste a, I don't waste a second focusing on anybody else or anything I don't have control of because I know who I am. I know what my company is. I know we do good shit. I know we're fucking smart. I know we built a ton of companies, multi, multi millions of dollars. And I don't have to worry about anybody else but what I'm doing because nobody else has any impact on me. Neither you, neither you. People are going to talk shit because they're intimidated, you know, or because they maybe they're yep. scared or insecure. But you know what? That's not your problem. You do you. You be a good human being. You keep serving the community. You keep, you know, being for the brand, for the industry, dude. And no doubt you crush 100 milli. Absolutely. So appreciate you guys. Do. Appreciate you being on here, man. I'm sure we'll have a, a part two of this thing too. But listen, uh, you know, listeners, you can learn so much from even just the two guys we had in here you know, reaching out to them too, because they're both completely open books. They want to be able to help you. Um, and, and we'll share their information as long as you guys are good with them. I'm pretty sure you are. Um, yeah, go on Avengers, man. On Avengers, we're spitting fire all day, man. Yeah, if, you like, go on, if you go on the it, Facebook group. It's, it's, it's a badass group in there. Yeah, if you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, you can go to Service Avengers, and it's got like the little uh, um, little Captain America shield in there um, that you recognize. it. But go on there and join the group and ask questions, whatever. It's a great little community to, uh, you know, to, if you had to ask questions on to piggyback off of. There are no stupid questions you can ask. Everybody's not going to look at your question and be like, 
this guy's an idiot. No, people want to help. And that's what these guys are, oh, yeah. are going to do as well. And that's the whole reason we have this podcast is to do exactly that. So listen, appreciate all the reviews, all the comments. If you're a first-time listening, remember to hit that subscribe button so you keep coming back and getting information just like this from some of the best of the best in the industry that have been on here. And, uh, and we'll continue to do that. So till next time, Paul, I appreciate you. Ish, I appreciate you. Travis, appreciate you. You guys keep crushing it in the industry and keep paving the way for the uh, next generation. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.